This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Beck is our phone number if you want to uh, call in today. I'm back from the Super Bowl along with uh, Jeffy, of course, is here as usual. So Pat, good to have you back. <laughs> still in New York. Thank you. Oh, I, I my appreciate gosh, that so I, much. Thank you. I'm glad to see you. Joining us today, Dan Andros, uh, who's been on the program a couple times before, uh, and also one of the uh, head writer for Glenn's show, that crappy thing that runs at yeah. 5 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so he's involved in that in some way. Yeah. He tries to deny it, but he actually does work you for can't. Glenn. Yeah, you can't deny it. Uh, so I do something around here. We don't know exactly what, but yeah. it's just something. We'll figure it out I, at some point. I promise. So yeah. Super Bowl, um, you know, uh, just got back. Uh, was there? I don't know if you guys know that. I've yeah, mentioned it. Yeah, we are aware. How many years in a row is this time. now? This is a uh, year ten for me, actually. Yeah. I know you're uh, starting to get there with the. Oh, I would have been to the game for fifty years yeah. in a row. I just I want to get to half. At I want to get to half it, of the Super Bowls that I've seen. At what At what point does it become a chore for you? We're like, ugh. Super Bowl again? 35 or is it still, I mean, years. How many more do I have to go to these things? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Let me tell you. It's like uh, lifting firewood. Yeah. Uh, really difficult. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I will say, I, you know, we've only had one bad game that we've actually been to, which was the last one. Right. The, yeah. the Peyton yeah, Manning the losing 43-8. to eight. Horrible. I mean, it was just a terrible game. But, I mean, again, another all-time classic. Great game. Uh, and I was just sitting there, man, there's just still nothing like this. There's nothing like this. Um, and, you know, to watch it, it's, it was amazing. I wanted the Patriots to win as well, so this was, like, doubly nice for me because I hate, I can't stand huh. The Seattle Seahawks. It was nice to see them be so classy. We now have the pooping the ball out, which what was, was nice. That? It's a what nice celebration. Was that? You can see a screenshot of it. On, I saw on it. I just I'm wondering what they, yeah. did he ever say why he was doing that? They said it was it was aimed at someone. Yes, I'm sure it was. What? This what? is the class of the Seattle Seahawks, though. This is it's nice. But think of your mindset. You're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> 
and you're focused on the game and you're trying to score and there's all the things and you still have enough awareness to decide <laughs> you want to do a poop touchdown celebration. Yeah. What is your mentality there? I just I cannot fathom that. Jeffy, can you answer that? <laughs> Once you decide that you're going to do something cruddy, you just keep right with it. I honestly think that's it. He thinks it's funny and yeah. he gets out there and he's like, if I score a touchdown, yeah. I'm going to do this. Now, NBC didn't even show it um, and this guy's going right. to get face major fines for it. So you want to talk about a loser on yeah. both sides of the situation. Not to mention you lost the game too. Mm -hmm. Which was was uh, was, in my opinion, hysterical. Um, uh, and so it was amazing, but it was an amazing game. Um, a lot of people talking about potentially the worst play call in the history of sports. Yeah. I kind of yeah. disagree with that. Really, I do. I, I I mean, they just tried to outthink themselves, and he was he knew he had some other plays. The clock was. I mean, the clock really. We talked earlier how the clock wasn't. Uh, you know, was was a factor for New England. Wasn't a factor for Seattle. I mean, I think he just tried to, you know, look, we'll try to pass it in. We'll get the touchdown. If it doesn't work, we got two plays to run it. Yeah, I'm, I was actually watching it, and I'm thinking, Belich, and I'm actually thinking, as they ran it the first time with Lynch, they get it down to the one-yard line, and he's letting the clock go down. Belichick, I'm actually yeah. thinking that Belichick is the go. I'm like, what is he I doing? So. He's not calling a timeout. Oh, my god! I'm like, this, this guy is supposedly the genius, the mastermind. Yes. He, he's, got, he's in everyone's head with Deflategate and Spygate. What, what, are they, what gimmick do they have now? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm sitting here going, he's going to be the goat and yeah. got bailed out as bad as Pete Carroll's call was to throw it there which I think was absolutely horrific and there's some people who are arguing with advanced statistics and stuff that it actually wasn't that bad of a call I, you know I've read yeah. the analysis I, I don't I don't agree with it yeah. but but still I don't think there's any way to justify what Belichick did not calling a timeout with 50 seconds left and, and that I think arguably is worse was actually worse than what Carroll did um, and, you know, in case you didn't watch the game I mean obviously everybody watched the game that cares about it but when you have an opportunity with the best you know, short distance running back in the NFL to just punch it in and take a lead in the Super Bowl. And you have also the best defense in the league to right. stop them, even if you score with 20 seconds left, which is what supposedly they were trying to stop by wasting a play, which has to be the worst <laughs> explanation of a philosophy I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, even if you do score a touchdown with 20, 23 seconds left, you still have the best defense in the league. And if you can't put your defense up there, uh, to try to stop Tom Brady from coming down the field yeah. and getting a, a field goal, which only would have tied the game, by the way. The game. You still go to overtime. Uh, I mean, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me at all. And if you're going to throw the ball, you could even argue, okay, it's all right to throw the ball in that situation because, uh, you know, with the one timeout left, if you run it, you probably have to take the timeout, which leaves you with, what, 20 seconds left. And you have two plays. It might be difficult to run it and then run it again. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of tipping your hand that one of these plays is going to have to be a pass. Um, so that's kind of the argument against this. But even if, even if uh, you go, you're going to throw the ball, roll Russell Wilson out, yes. give him an option to run it, right. give him an option to easily throw it away. The Not a quick release. In no. the yeah. It was a quick. It was obviously a play where he. It was that was where they were yes. going. No matter. So what. it was just bang bang. He, you know, that's why I don't think he's getting a lot of criticism because I think. It was just obviously the play call, and he just threw it right there. And the, and the guy made, I mean, as bad as the call was to do that play, the guy made a phenomenal play. He did. I mean, if you watch the replay, if he hesitates for just a fraction of a second, he does not get there, and it's a yeah. touchdown. But he sees it, and he just sprints right there. I thought At first, I thought it was interference when I saw it, because he just banged right in. I know but there he was are there at the same Seattle time. fans that think that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think you can call interference on that. I don't that. think so either. It's too no, close. I, I will yeah. say this too, Jeffy, as I'm watching the Super Bowl, and I'm thinking to myself, here's uh, Butler who is a guy in the exact same position your son was in. I know. He, uh, an unsigned free agent, 
a guy who's playing for the New England Patriots that, you know, you know, up to this game, pretty much no one knows. Even the first half of this game, this guy's not in. <laughs> but their corners are playing poorly enough that he gets into the game. Right. And I think of the, the, the dramatic... Uh, you know, life-changing moment you have from this guy, who, by the way, played great the entire... I mean, he had two or right. three great plays. And the play before that, he had actually just had that horrible luck because he was guarding the guy right. who made the fluky catch. Yeah. And that curse, yeah. I got to say, I actually felt bad for Tom Brady for... Uh, for yeah, for a few seconds yeah. until I realized, yeah, he's still got Giselle and all oh that crap. God. So he'll be, he'll be <laughs> oh, all right. Man, I, but, uh, but I did yeah. feel bad. I'm like, he's got to be sitting there going, you've got to be kidding me. First, there's the guy from the Giants. What's his face? Tyree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, with the over-the-head helmet catch. And then this. That was his look, too, right? When he was, he was looking at yeah. it on the big screen, he was like, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to be gotta, kidding me. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. However, I will say, uh, being at the game. Mm-hmm. And being oh, in the right. stadium, I was there. You were there, and I'm sitting here, and and they, you know the Patriots need a drive. They need to come down, and and the entire you think about this. You're Tom Brady. You are. You've won three Super Bowls already. You have an unlimited amount of money pouring in at all times. You're married to a, a, a legitimate supermodel. It just doesn't Giselle, get any better than this until you're in your sixth Super Bowl. And the entire stadium is changing your name, which I've never seen before. I've never heard them chant Brady like that. Just Brady. It was just like, and the entire stadium's going crazy. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy, this guy's life cannot get better than it is. It's impossible. It's impossible. Uh, So, I mean, it was pretty amazing. And and then to see, I will say, uh, to differ with you a little bit here, Dan, and Jeff, I'd like to hear your take on this. Russell Wilson, who I like. I like Russell Wilson as a quarterback. I like him as a guy, with the exception of his Obamacare ad, which is you know, obviously ruining him for most of this audience. But in general, I like Russell Wilson. Right. And he played a pretty good game. He did not play a good championship game and somehow got out of it. But, okay, he, did, he played a pretty good game, I thought, in the Super Bowl. But this guy is getting zero criticism. He basically did the worst thing that any quarterback could ever do. He threw an interception to lose the Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. okay? Yeah. And while I, it, it was a quick hit play, and he, you know, he, you get so. it, you release it, your job as a quarterback in that spot is to not throw an interception no yeah. matter what. I don't care if you throw it 600 miles into the stands. You cannot throw an interception. If you want to throw it a little bit more back shoulder, it's probably an interference penalty. Um, instead, he just guns it kind of leads the guy, and he leads it right into the guy. I mean, the guy made an amazing play. Is it a bad throw? Butler. Do you think it's a bad throw, though? Would you call that a bad throw? It, well, I mean, it, really was, it doesn't. I mean, it got right, picked like, off, but was it a bad throw? Right, like, was if, it a great if there wasn't was a defender a there, it was a fine throw. <laughs> but, I mean, that is <laughs> no, part of the game. You, know, you, you, have, to, you have to factor yeah, no. in the defenders on that. the field. But you've got to say, was it a good throw, and then the guy made a great play on it, okay, or well, was it a was it interception? Because you can throw a good throw, and the guy just makes a better defensive play. That can That's physically possible. It is possible, but in that situation, your job is not to gun it in there no matter what and hope the guy doesn't make the play. Your job is to make sure a turnover doesn't happen, so, first right. and foremost. Again, by their own coach's description, they right. were wasting the play. Right. Yeah, so, the right. interception aside, though, you know, I heard Russell Wilson, uh, or I read where he had said that, uh, well, the play came in, and that's, you know, that's what we did. What do you mean, high school? <laughs> he's the he's the NFL quarterback in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you have, what, one or two timeouts left, and you get that play? It's like, what are we doing? All right, if you're yeah. Russell Wilson, what, 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 what about this? What about this? You're Russell Wilson. You know you should be running this ball. <laughs> yeah. The play call comes in. A, right. do you overturn it, or do you... 
purposely just chuck that thing into the stands yeah. and say, I'm not even going to risk it. I'm going to chuck or it. Then it's my, third down and you got to run was, it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. I, I like that too. But, I mean, to just do it with nothing, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. Well, here's the thing. It, what you should do in that situation. I mean, look, you're going to have to, assuming you don't change the play on your own or just throw it in it, you, you look at the play, you see that there's a possibility this guy can make an interception, and you just you tuck the ball in, and then you try to do something else. Yes. You roll out, and maybe you throw it away. You mm-hmm. see if there's an open you know lane for you to run it in, whatever. What you don't do is just gun it as hard as you can right, right into a place where it can't. Again, how many times have we seen this uh, with, with great quarterbacks? They'll, they'll throw it, and they'll say, wow, they put it in a position that only their receiver could get it. And that's not what Russell Wilson did. That's his job. Right. His job there more than any other play in his entire life is to throw it somewhere where it cannot be intercepted. On behalf of the New England Patriots, though, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Russell. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean. I, so do you blame Russell Wilson or do you blame uh, the coach more? Uh, more? Yeah. I mean, because clearly there's both. There's uh, dual blame. I think it's. I, I, honestly, I, I would say it's, it's probably equal. I, I, I because, think so, too. I think it was nice of Pete Carroll not to throw anybody under the bus. I mean, yeah. He pretty much has to do that. That's his job. But yeah. Look, I, that whole thing, man, I just don't get why Russell would let that happen. Right. And do the it. bottom line is with Pete, Par- Pete Carroll, who I think did it. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible call. You've got to just run the ball in and take your chances with your defense. If you don't, if you don't make it three times in a row. If he had rushed it with Marshawn Lynch three times in a row, nobody would have questioned it. Nope. Nobody would have said, you know what? Oh, they didn't get in. Oh, great, great play. Why didn't Bill Belichick call right. timeout? Right. Why? Why didn't Pete Carroll <laughs> decide? Yeah, that would have been it. Would have been his fault. But uh, regardless, Pete Carroll was calling a passing play with the uh, absolute clear intent that no matter what happens, you don't throw an interception. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter what. Right. Like I don't care if you have to throw the ball 900 feet in the stands <laughs> and take an intentional grounding penalty. You do not throw it to the other team in any circumstance. Yeah. And, like, if it had been tipped or something, it was, you know, to the guy and he dropped it and it popped up, there's not much you can do about that. But the bottom line was they called this play with a specific reasoning that this guy had no interceptions, the the defensive back of Butler, no interceptions. While he had a couple of good plays in that game, they just thought he would be fooled by this play. And he made a miraculous play. A guy from Division II college comes up and makes Western Alabama, comes up and, uh, and makes the play of his life. And to the point that this guy's agent, has no other clients. The only guy in the NFL this guy represents is this is Butler. Oh, wow. That's like Jerry Maguire here. Yeah, right? it kind of yeah, no is, except that you know, the guy in Jerry Maguire at least had was a career. A star, right? This guy was a complete unknown. No one even thought he was going to make the team. Yeah, he just won the lotto last yeah. night. Uh, and the, 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 a- night. the agent actually uh, uh, said that he was, pay- you know, to keep up his, you know, his license or whatever, right. he has to pay five or $6,000 a year. He thought he was going to give it one more year of just a trying. Because he no none of the other players he represented made a team. So this is the only guy he ever had who made a team, and he makes this play at that moment in the Super Bowl. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, that is definitely that's great. Yeah. Now, what about the security? I mean, we got time I don't know yeah. at the time, but you know, yeah. we heard all the news about uh, up security in Arizona. We've upped ours now. Up yours. Yeah. They had the <laughs> drive-through semi-security that you had to go through. Yeah, How I was. was the security was normal. 
as far wow. as Super Bowls go, oh. and th probably the easiest security we've gone through. Wow. I mean, we flew through it. Uh, there was there were very little lines, and we get there pretty early for the game because, you know, you want to get there and you get to experience just walking around the stadium is fun, you know. There's so many people in there, and it's, it's just crazy atmosphere. So uh, really the security was not an issue at all. Uh, the biggest uh, sort of thing that I thought while we were there were the, were the ticket prices. I don't know how much this has been covered outside of, um, you know, people who watch this stuff. I know in sport, sports sites have covered yeah. it. But the, you know, in the circles of us normal people, uh, actually, no, yeah. those prices have not been talked about a lot. Would you have spent $50, $65, $70? <laughs> yeah, something in that area. Triple digits. All, in some cases, more than that. Um, <laughs> no, so the, uh, um, the, the, the Super Bowl tickets... Uh, we'll go on the secondary market, and I, you know, I, don't, I luckily don't have to deal with that because I have shady connections where I get my tickets. Uh, but um, you know, the the um, the secondary sites like a StubHub, the tickets will usually go between fifteen hundred and three thousand dollars top f to get into the stadium. So you know, if the cheapest seat in the house will be I don't know twelve hundred, sometimes maybe as low as right. usually around fifteen, eighteen hundred, maybe two thousand dollars depending on the year. So it's an expensive ticket. I mean, everyone knows the Super Bowl is an expensive ticket. Um, this year, uh, you know, the, the morning of the Super Bowl, I looked on StubHub, the cheapest seat to get in was over $11,000. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God, I heard reports of five or six. I didn't hear 11. Yeah, That's it, amazing. It, it, I'll it, take the whole family to that thing. I, I know. Mean, yeah, it's, six, it's, it's no, an event. For, no big deal. Yeah, 11, when, Actually, it, when, it, when it broke 10000 I was like, That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah. And, and think about this, though, because <laughs> what happened was there was a – these ticket brokers essentially will buy tickets – you know, a month, they'll sell tickets a month early, right? Or a couple weeks right. early, or, you know, right after the championship game. So all the excited fans from the Patriots and the Seahawks, they go and they rush to StubHub and they just buy, buy, buy because they want to get their tickets and lock them in, which is understandable. So they'll pay, you know, three or $4,000. Sure. And then what happens with these prices is as everyone makes their plans uh, and everyone decides to go, they book their hotels and everything, and then it gets to a certain point where it gets too close to the game that no one's doing that anymore. No one's house. making their plans to go to the Super Bowl on the Friday before. Right. So at that point, ticket price, prices crash, and these brokers go in and they buy tickets. So they sold them before two weeks ago when they didn't have them. They buy them last minute and deliver them after, afterwards. So they're short-selling the tickets, essentially. Um, and what happened here was so many people did it that they couldn't cover the tickets, and the prices never tanked at the end. They just went up and up and up and up and up and up. I mean, to the point it was three or four times as much as I've ever seen one of these Super Bowls go for. So entire companies went out of business because of this. Oh, companies that lost hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in ticket prices. On behalf of other shady companies, man, I feel <laughs> I felt bad, bad for them. It is. It's a very Jeffy-esque problem. Uh, so that was kind of an amazing thing watching it because, you know, if we had didn't, you know, because there's been years where we didn't have uh, our shady connections didn't come through. I know it's, it's, it's hard for Jeffrey to understand, but if we wouldn't have gone to the game, I mean, you know, you can't, I'm buying, I love the Super Bowl, but I'm can't maybe eleven thousand dollars a ticket here. It's right. so funny uh, we were talking about getting there early because the one that I was hoping to uh, walk around the stadium with you in Tampa. You didn't get there till late because oh, of yeah. the shady because connection. of the shady ticket, <laughs> the ticket guys fell through. Yeah. That's right. Thank yeah. you, Jeffy in Tampa. You know the uh, the ticket prices for yeah. the first ever Super Bowl. Have you guys heard no. these numbers? Uh, 1967. The the ticket range. There was a range. There okay. was a lower okay. tier, a middle tier, and an upper tier. Of course. Uh, the the upper tier tickets. 12 bucks. Wow. Oh, that's not yeah. sweet tickets. Though. Then the middle tier, 10, and then if you just wanted to get in and just be economical, it was six. Oh, six bucks. Six bucks. bucks. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> By the way, uh, this is uh, another story that I had heard uh, over this week that there's only one known videotape of Super Bowl I. Do you know this? Mm. I had never heard this story before. There's only one tape. They don't have any footage. The NFL has no footage of Super Bowl I. 
at least not the entire game tape. So that's the footage we keep seeing? I don't know, because what happened was this guy found it and said, I'll sell it to the NFL for a you know, million dollars. And the NFL is like, well, it's our copyrighted material, so we're not going to buy it from you. It's ours. And so there's just this standoff. This tape is just sitting in a safe. <laughs> and the guy's the like, guy. I'm, not, I'm selling it. And the NFL's like, no, nope, I'm not buying it. Now, why the NFL wouldn't just be like, all right, you have the one tape. I know we're not supposed to buy it from you. How about this? We'll give you a million dollars for that hat over there, right. and you yeah, give you us the tape. the tape. Like, I, Why would you not no. pony up just at this point? Just give the guy his money. Yeah, he's hey, got he's got a tape. You deserve that you need. it. You deserve it. You yeah. deserve it. I mean, we'll give you the money, and you can say that we didn't or something. Right, whatever, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Just stop. It. Look, that hat is uh, is beautiful. Right. A million dollar hat, and we bought this at the NFL. <laughs> it's a John Deere hat, uh, right. and we're really excited to own it uh, as part of our uh, museum. I mean, look, you know, it would be one thing if he broke in and stole it, but he just recorded it somehow. I guess yeah. at least that's what I've heard. Um, so kind of an interesting yeah. story. Apparently, there. he had more foresight than the NFL did. Yeah, so. apparently. Um, and if we could have uh, this this gift standing by, because other other than um, the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl, has that happened? Uh, has not happened. Oh, okay. So that would be my number one desire uh, uh, for football. Can I show you what my number two desire is? Do we have the gift ready? Can we see that? Because this is my number. This, if anything else could happen, other than uh, here it is. Uh, Oh, oh no, Richard! Oh again! Oh. Oh, oh yes! Oh no! Happy, 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 happy! Is, sad, oh, is somebody sad. vomiting in the oh. stands there, or what is that? What is he seeing oh, there? I can't get enough of it. Just, just, just keep playing it. And go for it. <laughs> this is just keep it on the the monitors during the commercials. Oh no, oh. poor Richard! Yay, nay! Oh, <laughs> love it. All right, triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. So uh, one more break here in the Super Bowl before we uh, we leave. Uh, one of the tr true tragedies of my life is attending the Super Bowl every year. I miss a lot of the commercials. Um, what was that, Jimmy? You uh, go every year. I go to the yeah. game, and the yeah. game they don't play the commercials at the game. Yeah. Actually, they do play a couple well, of them, so I may have seen a couple. They I do, pray for you every. I pray for you every year he goes because I'm like he's missing the ads. Yeah. I, how, I mean, how does he deal with it? I don't know how he copes. But I have to well, wait until later and watch them on the internet or. I can watch them right here on Pat and Stu. So that's what we're going to do now. Uh, let's start off with uh, the Skittles ad. I'll, I'll give you my 100% expert rating on each. Really? Just one lemon left. Lemon Skittles are my favorite. They're my favorite. Let's settle it the usual way. Settle it the usual way! 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 The rainbow. I got a chuckle out of that. Okay. I thought it was funny. Yeah, no, I did. It wasn't like hilarious, but. Yeah, okay. I mean, you figure Skittles. Like, how do you. How do these guys not have a deal with Marshawn Lynch yet? Well, I how think. Is that possible? Uh, didn't they show him eating Skittles before the game on yeah. the sidelines? Yeah. So I mean, they got product placement with that. I don't even know, though. He was eating it out of a white uh, oh, or of a clear out plastic a, bin. It's like, Tupperware thing, I mean, yeah. look, Marshawn Lynch is not exactly the guy you necessarily right. want to tie your product to. But the fact that, you know, uh, they're winning Super Bowls and he, it's the Super Bowl, like, right. maybe he just doesn't okay. want to do it. He's obviously hates well, yeah, the he media doesn't so like, much. Yeah, he doesn't like to talk to the press. Yeah. And so you can just imagine how thrilling those commercials would be like, hi, 
I'm Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I like Skittles. And I so eat Skittles. But I mean, I think that's the, what you play up, right? Like you play up the yeah, anti-establishment sort of thing. I mean, I don't you know could. why you would. There's people in the stands, and I don't know if they showed them on TV or not. Um, but they were dressed in like crazy costumes, and then had, they had safety-pinned Skittles wrappers to their chests <laughs> uh, because they what just. What outfit did you? Did you? Uh, did you wear to the Super Bowl? I had a hoodie. What? Just had a hoodie. I didn't. Just a hoodie. It was a little chilly. It's kind of boring. <laughs> a little chilly in Phoenix for my taste. Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It, it, oh, by the way, you know what? Uh, you know the, the wide receiver Chris Matthews uh, had a bunch of big catches in this game. Yeah. And then no, again, another guy no one ever heard of. He'd, he didn't I, have a catch all year. All year. Then he didn't even have a target all year, um, and and wound up having three huge catches in the game, over a hundred yards. Um, but I saw the real Chris Matthews at the game as well. Yeah, he was there. Cause, Did they show him on TV? Well, uh, I saw I saw him walking around. He just he does not look spry. I will say that. I bet. He does he, not look spry. He was at the Super Bowl. He well, yeah, the they talked Bowl. about Mr. it. Mr. Income uh, Inequality going to the Super Bowl. Al Michaels <laughs> and uh, What's-His-Face talked about it because Chris Matthews, hardball. Talk about your hardball. And Chris Matthews on okay. MSNBC. Chris Matthews, the real one who's here tonight. He got plenty of love on Did the he? broadcast. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, here is uh, Carnival. Let's welcome their Super Bowl ad. I... Uh, Really, I don't know why it is that uh, all of us are so committed to the sea, except I am, uh, I think it's because, in addition to the fact that the sea uh, changes and the light changes and uh, ships change, it's because uh, we all came from the sea. And it is an interesting uh, biological fact that all of us have in our veins the exact same percentage of salt in our blood that exists in the ocean. And therefore, uh, we have salt in our blood, in our sweat, in our tears. We are tied to the ocean. And when we go back to the sea, whether it is to sail or to watch it, we are going back from whence we came. I, I don't even... <laughs> I, I will say this. I did not know that... Uh... JFK was, I mean, that to me sounded very Carl Sagan-esque. You know, like, hey, we're all from the sea. Well, actually, we're not, but that's a whole other story. To me, it sort of sounded more like a drunk homeless guy on the side of the road with a sign yelling at me sort of a vibe. Yeah. Uh, it actually seemed completely incoherent. I, uh, yeah. To me. I, yeah. It didn't sound like a which, bunch of... Uh, which some would say that the atheist worldview that Carl Sagan has is completely incoherent. But I'm just, <laughs> not you, know, you though. Not you me. wouldn't say Definitely that, but I know somebody would like say it. But I know someone would, like, would say that. But I think what they're trying to say is, you know, that Hey, come back to where you were created from, the sea. Yeah, Meaning, like, know, they're like talking, is he talking, he's just going evolution there? Or that's what it sounds like, because Carl Sagan will yeah. say his whole thing is the star stuff. We're made of star stuff, and but I, that's what we come from. And so we, we have the same amount of salt as we do. Who the hell cares? Put me on a freaking cruise. Do you have a good buffet? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, can I hit golf balls off the side of it into the water like I used to? Right. Can I do that? Right. Sometimes they're trying a little too hard. Like, let's just, yes, that's a, that's a let's yes. not overthink a cruise. It's a freaking boat, and it's nice weather, and you have a party. Will it keep that's Jeffy afloat? If, if that right. will happen, then I'm going to go on your boat. That's all I need. Uh, all right. Uh, Snickers. Uh, where are the Snickers? Where are the Snickers bars? Watch the ad. We'll get our Snickers. Marsha, what happened? Peter hit me in the nose with a football. I can't go to the desk like this. Well, I'm sure it was an accident, sweetheart. An eye for an eye. That's what Dad always says. I never said that, honey. Shut up! <laughs> God, teach Peter a lesson. Marsha, eat a Snickers. Why? 
You get a little hostile when you're hungry. Better? Better. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan, this isn't about you. <laughs> it never is. And then I do want to eat a Snickers, so it worked. It worked. Um, yeah. Jeffy, Snickers? Okay. Okay. Uh, Natasha, can you bring the Snickers over, please? Okay, we'll get the Snickers I'm sure here. they're here because we're actually doing a segment that mentions the product. Right, and that's what happens on this show, in case you've never watched before, and Dan, you've never co-hosted before. Mm. Uh, what happens is when we talk about a delicious food item uh, that is delivered to us and we try it on the air. That's one of the great things we do here. That is, that is uh, an excellent policy. It is an excellent policy. It makes show just that much different. It fuses our network and, like, the food network. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So people really understand that there's so, Natasha, come on. Bring uh, it in. Just bring it in right so, now. Don't you worry know about what? It. Peanut butter Snickers for me. Whoa. Sounds like a good idea. Uh, so we'll have some of that here in a moment. Uh, here is uh, this one I actually think I did see in the stadium. They play it like a few in the stadium. This one was um, the Like a Girl oh, yeah. thing. I, I don't think I fully understood what the hell this was about. Let's watch. This wasn't new, though, I don't think. Hi, Aaron. Show me what it looks like to run like a girl. Yeah, this was my hair. Show me what it looks like to fight like a girl. <laughs> now throw like a girl. Aw. So do you think you just insulted your sister? No. I mean, yeah, insulted girls, but not my sister. <laughs> my name is Dakota, and I'm 10 years old. Show me what it looks like to run like a girl. Throw like a girl. Fight like a girl. What does it mean to you when I say run like a girl? Some other band boss, you think? Run yeah. fast as well, you can. That's from always. Uh, again, I think it's, it strikes me as like another band bossy thing. Like yeah. somehow now saying some kids saying you run like a girl ruins the entire lives of women. Like they, women have no ability outside of what other boys say. Boys run their lives. And when they say they're thrown like a girl and they think it's an insult, it, their entire life is destroyed after that. Yeah, I hate that. It's a, such an insult to right. women. And of course, they're going after the things that typically you know, boys are better at. So it's like, you know, it's not, right. you know, like, you know, you wouldn't say that to a uh, yeah, ballerina like a boy. Yeah. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Uh, right. Like, what an insult to boys. Like they pick things that are specifically not to, like not that no women do these sorts of things. There are plenty of great runner women who uh, run great and are in the Olympics and everything else. Mm -hmm. So that there are exceptions to that rule. But the rule is, I mean, Watch my even, wife try to throw. She she throws like a girl, pretty pretty much, and she'll admit that for, yeah. for you, the first person to. Jeffy, you're a parent for some uh, unknown reason that has to do with <laughs> licensing issues. Uh, so, what uh, do you think you're gonna? I mean, is is your daughter going to be uh, constantly beaten down if you tell her that she throws like a girl? Well, first of all, she doesn't. She doesn't. She no, so she then you wouldn't say it. Yeah. How about it's just yeah, common no, sense? Like you look at them. She's actually fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she. Reminds me of when Elvis was a little kid. Really? Yeah, she's uh -huh. a she's a female Elvis man. She's bad. She's going to be great. It's an interesting visual, female Elvis. Yeah. Well, in my mind. Right. Okay, I got it. Uh, so, uh, I mean, but you I, wouldn't do it. It's just that, the, no. what they're all they're saying is that you know they they you've made such fun of them that once they hit puberty they don't they lose their in, individualism and they can't go out and be strong women. Okay, stop. 
How Isn't that an insult to women? A, yes, and yeah. it's also maybe we get back to I don't know the family structure in America. Yeah. Before that, well, that might have a little something to do with it. Maybe that's an interesting structure and an interesting person to bring that up of all all people. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I didn't mean. Uh, I apologize. But isn't it? And I don't know if this is clear to anyone outside of like the world of the blaze. But it's like when you're saying uh, we need to develop strong women, so we can't tell them they throw like a girl. What you're saying is strong women don't exist. Right. Because if they, you're not strong enough to overcome right. someone when you're right. eight saying you throw like a girl, <laughs> then you're not strong. Right. We're keeping them all down by a couple of words that they might yeah. or might not like. And so, therefore... Strong yeah. women overcome that. Right. Exactly. Every every person. I mean, Jeffy doesn't. I mean, deals with it every day. <laughs> Everybody's been insulted at some point yeah. in their lives. Usually, what? when they're young, or if, you know, Jeffy when he's 185 years old or whatever you are. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you know, today it, birthday. It, well, it no, was a couple days ago. Couple days yeah, ago. He turned one. one nah, I'll get it next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, but you know, everybody's had to deal with that, and it, it, that is. What makes you strong? This, your strength is overcoming that. It's not avoiding the conflict of it initially. The strength is shown when you overcome something that's, that's you know, put you in an adverse situation. Um, and I don't know why that is so... We always just look to, like, doubt, like, what if we just eliminate all strife? Yeah. We can just eliminate yeah, all strife and all these it. kids will be strong. No, they won't. They'll be weaker. Yeah, we're just such a politically correct society that's just offended by everything. And you act like these... Because someone has a particular view or says something, somehow that cripples us, and it's just, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Um, all right, uh, let's like do... Singer. Right, yes, I've heard of him. Um, let's, uh, let's do this one. Can we skip ahead a little bit? Because there's some other great ones, but we're not going to be able to get to all of them. Let me, let, let's do the... Um... <coughs> Excuse me. Let's... Yeah. You all right? Yes. <clears throat> let's do the nationwide ad, because this one's been controversial, yeah. and I... It has. It's a little odd. Watch. Never learn to ride a bike. Or get coonies. I'll never learn to fly. Or travel the world with my best friend. And I won't ever get married. I couldn't grow up. Because I died from an accident. <laughs> what? <laughs> Number one cause of childhood deaths is preventable. At accidents. Nationwide, yep. we believe in protecting what matters. TV TV huge. TV Your kids yeah. scares the hell out of me. Huge. Together, we can make safe happen. It's an interesting thing. First of all, it's not surprising that the number one cause of childhood death would be preventable accidents right. because they don't die for other reasons. Right. They don't typically die of old age. Right. Uh, right. You know, they don't die of, uh, you know, um, you know, burglaries like they, they're breaking in and killing someone. Like usually, it's, of course, it's going to be a, a terrible accident. Right. And anyone who's got a toddler boy, as I have two of them. It's a miracle they survive yes. the day. I mean, yeah. they're just jumping oh, off God. everything. They're climbing on things, throwing oh, things, the, stabbing yesterday. each other with stuff. I mean, it's just... Yesterday, I come home. I've been away for, you know, eight days or whatever. And, you know, really, I like, you know, you just want to come back and see the kids. And I come in, and, and I open up the door, and, 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 I, and Zach and Ainsley run over, and they give me this big hug, and I pick them up. And I'm just like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And I put them down, and they're like running around in circles. They're so excited to see me. And Zach comes over, and he like grabs my hand, and he just like looks at me with that great, awesome look. And then he turns around like this and goes right into the door, <laughs> right into the freaking door, into his face. And it's like a big metal 
heavy door that was just sort of slowly like you know drifting closed behind him and it's just like from happiness to instant just instant crushing pain, sadness crying, yeah. everything's done and, and they're like little accidents waiting to happen but i yes. don't know I mean, you just got, I, you know, I see what they were going there for there, but I just got to question the wisdom in associating your company with dead children on the Super Bowl. It's just... <laughs> it just when you think dead children, you, think nationwide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Picture a, your child in a corpse, you know, it's, and... Uh, it's an and odd a choice. In a, in a hearse. While you're picturing your <laughs> think child as a corpse. Buy insurance. <laughs> yeah, I know. They came out with a statement defending the ad, saying like we weren't trying to sell yeah, insurance. We sort of right. start right. a conversation. We sort of start a conversation. Ugh. Which That's a you know terrible what? use of money. Which first of all, yeah, it's a Super Bowl, and we talk enough. Okay, there's enough blabbing <laughs> out there. There's enough conversations. How about solving some of these right. stupid problems? Right. I know we're super late here, um, so we'll uh, we'll take a break. Uh, and on the other side, come back with up. We, we should talk maybe about this budget a little bit. Um, the Republicans oh, and our real stuff going on. There's actual real stuff going on, Jeffy. Uh, so we'll come back. We'll get away from Jeffy's parenting habits uh, and dead children, and we'll be back in a second. We didn't hear a lot of words of him after that one, did we? Yeah. Well, we, saw, we didn't hear normal him screaming at the camera. Uh, we didn't get any of that. No. Uh, we just got no. him uh, losing. On the I sidelines. love the memes that have been popping up because he was like getting ready to say the beast twenty four. He's going to score, and yeah. everyone's like four. Like that's how many Super uh, Bowls Tom Brady has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, talking about this uh, d this budget, and you know, of course, Obama's raising taxes because he's always raising taxes, and at every point. There's this negotiation where Republicans and Democrats come together and they finally find a sensible compromise. And then the next opportunity, he just supports a new freaking tax. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, every time there's this, like, big come-together moment, Republicans are supposed to say, look, this is sensible. Come along to this budget. Finally, we'll come to compromise. And then immediately after the compromise, he just asks for more stuff. That's not a compromise. No. It, it, it is really infuriating. Um, and he's he, the Harvard genius, supposedly, and all he ever comes up with is another tax. Another tax to How invest. That's brilliant. He wants to invest. He wants to invest. He wants to stop mm -hmm. the mindless sequestration. Can we just stop on sequestration for one second? <laughs> because that word, that's the word in austerity. These are the words that come out for common sense fiscal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Instead of calling it something that makes sense to the American people and to normal human beings, that language that's used every day, they come up with the word sequestration. All right. Which uh, means nothing to anybody. Which means so nothing they can to anybody. So they, can, so they can vilify. And he says, we've got to stop this mindless sequestration and these cuts and go for smart investments. Now, my question is, how, if this guy was your investor, if President Obama was your, you know, the guy who invested for you, how, how long ago would you have fired him? I mean, I, the, the moment he put it in Solyndra stock, you I would know, say it would be probably the time I'd fire yeah, him. The stimulus, I mean, what was it? For, the CBO said a couple of years ago that it was $4.1 million per job. 
That's the worst investing <laughs> ever. This guy's yeah. the worst investor ever. So don't tell me about smart investing. At least we're not, our roads aren't crumbling anymore. Or our bridges. Because <laughs> no right. that's still not happening, even though he's right. still begging for more money. And that's why where a lot of this money is supposed to go, to our crumbling roads and bridges. We gave you a trillion dollars to solve that problem. Do you remember this? A trillion dollars like the first day you were in office? And you were supposed to stop our... Uh, roads and bridges from crumbling. Yeah. yeah, he's still saying it over and over again now. And it's so weird. Every bridge I've driven over, I haven't fallen through or like you know. Oh, so weird. Or anything like that. It's so weird. So it's almost like they're Possible. all paved and no, secure. They could, they could fall. They could fall at any moment. Any minute. Really? Any moment. Oh, you, have you ever yeah. fallen through a bridge, Jeffy? Don't answer that. <laughs> it's a different. It's a different question. While in your car, you ever? Well, with my car, no. No, okay. Oh, there you go. Okay, good. Um, so one of the things he's asking for is another hike on the death tax, which um, basically he's asking for a way for it to be calculated differently. So instead of you having, um, uh, for example, $100,000, uh, you have a house that $100,000, then your dad bought it $10,000, he's going to change the way that's calculated as far for tax purposes. So you get taxed on um, uh, basically, you, you, typically you get taxed on now like $20,000 of this if you sold it like $120,000. So of $120,000 house you just sold, you get taxed on $20,000, the profit essentially. Uh, what he wants to do is change it so you get taxed on it at its, from its original value. So what your dad bought it for a billion years ago. So instead of getting taxed on $20,000, you get taxed on $110,000. Hmm. Uh, so they're saying now, the Americans for Tax Reform are saying this, this amounts to um, uh, about... Uh, almost 60% tax now uh, when you do this terrible thing called dying that you yeah. should be able to control. Yeah, but um, not, not one person in Obama's defense, not one person that has died has complained about this tax. So, wow. You know, it's an interesting fact that not many people have brought it's up about this. Different this than a lot tax. of his policies. Yeah. Uh, usually they can't stand them. Um, but this one, he's, he's doing pretty well. The dead um, seem to like his policies, though. It's a weird phenomenon with Obama. Yeah, uh, th that's true. Uh, and it, it seems to, most of his policies seem to add to that, that uh, roster of dead. Uh, I've noticed that happening quite a bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, look, this is going to be laughed out of Congress. Um, that No one's going to accept a $4 trillion budget. Uh, the Republicans, while they're awful on a lot of things, are not going to vote this in. In fact, even the Democrats, you remember, they unanimously voted against all of his previous budgets as well. This is a meaningless exercise at this point, though legal. He has to do it. Um, he's required to submit something, and so he submits these ridiculous proposals that kind of give you a little window on who he really is. He'll come out and he'll talk about, oh, you know, uh, policies. Oh, well, community college. Everyone should go to community college. This is where you get to actually find out what it is. A global world record $4 trillion for a year. He's only, this isn't like for the next thousand years. This is for a year. He, he wants to run the country for a year, and he wants four freaking trillion dollars to do it. It, it really is embarrassing. And I, you know, I don't. Why we take this guy seriously at this point? I don't know. I don't know what the purpose is. He's a lame duck, pres lame duck president. He doesn't care about any of these debates anyway because he just does whatever he wants. So, in a lot of ways, he's just irrelevant at this point. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I just want to treat him that way. Yeah, but they. I mean, they still love him, and unfortunately, it's just going to be. You know, I, I always think about his legacy. Like, you know, because the economy is not better. I mean, real unemployment is a lot higher than, you know, the employment number keeps going down, but real unemployment's high. And we all know that the numbers are just inflated because of the uh, labor participation rate and things like that. But his legacy is still going to go down as a guy who turned it around. He turned it around. He will That's be the message that they buy into. He brought, brought health care to America.
<laughs> you're right. You really are. I honestly think he's going to, you know, they will immediately among, uh, uh, as soon as he leaves, he will be sainted into the top ten presidents of all time. He's got his meeting going on today with all the uh, health care people that have been saved by his, by Obamacare, right? At think about House. that. His crowning achievement is going to be one of the most disastrous domestic policies. The, the website on the stupid thing didn't right. even work. Right. I, again, like... Uh, this is an easy way to think about the facts of it. His crowning achievement, as you point out, his, his namesake program is going to cost more than double than what it was initially advertised. It's going to leave 30 million people uninsured and is going to hurt the quality of health care for everyone else. Yeah, but he saved health care. And that's how it's going to be portrayed. I, I, how, I mean, when you have a, a situation like that, it's just like, well, uh, the Patriots intercepted the ball, but Seattle still wins. Congratulations. It's like, all right, I, 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 why even bother showing right, up? Yeah. And this is, they beat you down. The media does a good job at it because, I mean, it works at times. Well, yeah, and look at the Republicans. They've just, you know, you're saying they're going to fight this uh, budget thing and not, not pass it. But everything else, they, they have all these slam dunks, these layups that are just easy in front of them, the abortion bill. And they just cave on these things time yeah. and time again. It's how are they caving? And it's because they're afraid of public perception. And they're, it's, it's the media and everything else, social media. It just backlashes against anybody who stands up for conservative values. The only thing that can make me happy after uh, listening to this segment is Richard Sherman's face. Oh, yeah, like, let's take a look at that. To sad. If I could just see Richard Sherman just be really happy for a second and then be viscerally crushed. Oh, there it oh. is. Oh, no. Look what's happened. Oh, no. Poor Richie. Back in a second. Go to Disney oh, World. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. We're going to Sizzler. Oh, So there's this website, uh, theblase.com, that has uh, a story. What is it? The Blaze? Okay. It's theblaze.com. Um, and they have a story which is actually, uh, I think, interest interesting, and I don't necessarily have a problem with it from a, from a high school biology quiz. They asked this question. You found out that your child or your wife carries, uh, uh, excuse me, you found out that the child or your wife um, has the gene, I guess the baby, the way it's kind of... Uh, the unborn child. Okay, yeah. The, so the unborn child has a uh, gene for dwarfism. A new therapy exists which may repair this gene before the child is born. What do you do? The choices are allow the child to be born and accept who he or she is, attempt the new therapy to repair the gene, or uh, terminate the pregnancy. <laughs> now, like... I, Obviously, I think the controversy here is, what, you know, why are they talking to our kids about terminating their pregnancy? And, and there's, you know, right. your pro-life people, which I am one, are, you know, upset about. Um, however, I don't think, I mean, like, I think it's a good conversation, actually, to have. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I mean, unless, the, 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 you know, you turn in the test and the teacher says, sorry, the correct answer is to terminate the pregnancy. Right. I mean, <laughs> unless that's happening, it's just leading to discussion. I don't think it's necessarily bad. No, I don't so think it's bad either. I think it's actually an interesting. What's supposed to do? Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question, and you're right, as long as the teacher is not guiding it. Now, I would say you could quibble a little bit with the, you know, terminate the pregnancy is, in, is the flowery w way to describe ending the life of a child. Well, kind, uh, yeah, I guess it's better than abortion, maybe, but I mean, again, the terminator murder. wasn't exactly a, a huggable, huggable character. <laughs> I mean, the word terminate is yeah, right. pretty, pretty right. final. 
But, uh, but yeah, you know, I think it would lead to good discussion. And, uh, I mean, me personally, I would probably just pick the first one. But uh, Yeah, I mean, it would depend on the therapy, I suppose. Right. Uh, if too. a new therapy, you know, these new experimental therapies, I mean, who knows? Like, oops, I'm sorry, they came out a massive giant instead. We, were just, we put a little too much in there, you know. Well, I'm not willing to risk that. And now he's a basketball player. <laughs> Is the phone number. Welcome to the uh, Pat and Stu show. Today, uh, Dan Andros is in, uh, as well as Jeffy. Why do you say it like that? I mean, oh, I, it's just, it's just, you're great. You're, no, you know you what? You're great. Good? You're great. I mean, it's, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed at all. I mean, I already said I was happy to have you back. You didn't believe me? I did not. Because, boy, is it true. <laughs> I'm feeling some tension here. I'm not normally here, but I'm just yeah. sensing there might be something that I'm no, missing. No, here I'm, I'm, I'm glad no, Jeffy's on no, me here every day with us. Every day. So it gets a great, it's a, what a, what a, what a great get for the network. Uh, let me, let me you know you. what? You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jimmy. Snatched uh, him away from Fox. Yeah. So um, uh, Savannah Guthrie interviewed the president of the United States. Are you familiar with this? Isn't this great? Was this before the game? Is this the one you're talking about, Dan? No, no. So this what, what, was, what was that? What was the, explain this before the game thing. So the one before the game, and now someone maybe you can refresh my memory because I don't recall these chummy sorts of interviews with President Bush. I'm, maybe they did them, and I just don't remember them. Okay. But... Before the game, it was about an hour before the game, I believe it was Savannah Guthrie was interviewing Obama in the kitchen of the White House, and they're having beers, and she asked him, like, one question that was semi-serious, and then they just went on to deflate gate and talking about all these sports things and yeah. having a beer and cheers. It was similar. It had a similar vibe to the, to the CNN reporter who kissed uh, de Blasio, you know, before they were given the, the hot chocolate. Outside, it's, it's just weird. very chummy. Yeah, you it's get that very right. chummy, and, and I, it's like, I, I, I and I also don't remember President Bush doing interviews with like YouTube people who put condoms in their nose. Like I don't remember <laughs> that either. The presidency is really being uh, remade in front of our eyes, yeah. in a way of, um, in the stupid way that we're talking about it. Like it's. The, the best thing about it is it's just demeaning to the office. Okay, yeah, you know, the president is sitting with a with a woman who took a bath in, in you know, crunch berries. And, and <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what even to say about that, except it's, you know, obviously he's trying to suck in the dummy vote, as, uh, Dan, you've called it many times. Mm -hmm. The people that don't pay attention to the news at all, and hopefully they just like Obama enough to go there and vote for him, uh, or someone in his party every four years, which is part of the, it's part of the political equation, I guess. You have to do that. And the other side of it is much worse, which is expanding his executive authority to do things that no other president has even attempted to do, at least since FDR. I mean, you've got to go back a long way before someone really got this, you know, you, know, you talk about a, you know, a little, uh, you know, Joe Biden's a little touchy, he's a little reachy. This, this guy is a little overreachy. Uh, yeah. And it's, it really is uh, it's disturbing. Yeah, yeah. but, but uh, it, in this interview, which I didn't see, Darn it, you uh, He said that he talked about we make beer. Uh, 
First president since George Washington to make some booze in the White House. Right, which, of course, you remember that time George Washington Thanks. lived in the White House? Uh, you know, oh, wait. Oh, wait, it wasn't wait, built. What? Man, that's right. That's, that's so weird. That's, that's uh, odd. That's a but, minor. But I would then, so, now, so that's, that's a fact statement. And this is something that Bush would have gotten killed for if he would have done anything even remotely like this, and probably mm -hmm. rightfully so. But I, I think towards the end of the interview, and I forget the exact quote, but he, Obama said something to her, kind of half kidding, but just, hey, maybe you should chug that before we get off the air here and finish it. I don't know if he said the word chug, but he said finish it. Finish it before, you, before we go in the air. I'm thinking, he's, he's A, flirting with her, and B, telling her to, <laughs> trying to get her is. drunk. <laughs> I mean, oh, and I she's like, ha, ha, ha. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, the, the, the relationship yeah. with the, especially the way, you know, the White House has treated the media. It's amazing they have any relationship with them. Yeah, right. I mean, they basically prosecuted all of their coworkers. <laughs> spying on them. <laughs> like four reporters left. Everyone else is in prison. <laughs> Um, all right, let's watch some of this, though, from, uh, from the other day. This is Obama uh, talking about ISIS with Savannah Guthrie. You said in your State of the Union that American leadership is helping to stop the advance of ISIS in Syria and Iraq. But your critics say that is your delusional. Your critics say? That, yeah. in fact, Love that they've gained more territory since the airstrikes have begun. Yeah. That's, a, that's not accurate. And we just saw uh, what happened in Kobani over the last several days as a consequence of the support that we provided Kurds this airstrikes that have been taken. But what I've said, though, is it's going to take some time. And it's going to take some time because part of our goal has to be to build up capacity inside of Iraq so that it's not American troops on the ground. Some of those same critics that you suggest, uh, I imagine, would have us uh, redeploy tens of thousands of uh, U.S. troops. But isn't that, that kind of a straw man? You often Hold on, say Savannah, that. Let me, let me, let me, it's not a straw man. Let me finish shush, what I'm saying. Shush, Savannah. It is entirely possible for us to deploy 200 or 300,000 U.S. troops, and we would much more rapidly drive back ISIL. But what would then happen is eventually we would leave. And what we've seen historically is, is that if we don't have inside of Iraq or inside of Syria or inside of Afghanistan both the capacity and the will of people to fight for themselves, then any gains that are made eventually dissipate. Hmm. So it's interesting as to why you would withdraw the troops out of both of those regions before you had that. If that's your belief, which I think is probably accurate, uh, this is exactly what Mitt Romney's point was throughout the election, which was we can't pull out until they're ready to do that. Right. Um, you wanted to pull out on a timeline that was predetermined. Yeah, but, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's you're not supporting your own point yeah. there. And you notice what he's saying is he's... Look, you know, people don't uh, basically saying that people don't have the stomach for 200,000, 300,000 troops. And so he's all he's doing is waging this war in a way that's politically feasible for him. He has no backbone to actually just do what's right. Uh, is it right to just go like he people are dying. People are getting their heads chopped off because ISIS is running around over there. And he's saying, well, people might get upset if we go in there too fast. Right. Well, is it the right thing or is it the wrong thing to do to get these guys out? Because if it's the right thing to do, you need to go in there and you need to do it right. Yeah. You can't just you can't you just pussyfoot around and just say, well, we're going to do it slow. These sorts of things takes time. Well, I'm sh that's I'm sure that's that sounds great in the in Washington D.C., but not to the person who's standing there being uh, made an ISIS video and about to get their heads chopped off. <laughs> Plus, one of the things too, he uses the premise of what well, we were taking two three hundred thousand troops in and then immediately withdrawing them. Let's not forget the whole point. If we'd have left ten or twelve thousand right. troops there before, uh, it would have just kind of kept everything right. in check and everything would have been okay. But he didn't want to do that. No, right. he did not. Um, no. Let's let's look at this. Uh, the map of ISIL, as, and we're going to use ISIL today because that's what he's using oh. in this particular <laughs> I interview. Can't, I can't. Uh, I mean, look, look at this. This is again Syria. 
I mean, ISIL, you see in the, in the red, which they call ISIS, so now I'm going to switch back to ISIS. ISIS has over half of Syria, over half of it. And, and you take the areas that, uh, that, are, that are groups that we would not uh, necessarily be happy about having Syrian territory. It's really about two-thirds. Um, you know, and it's growing. It's not shrinking. It's growing. Um, we've, we showed, I think it was on Glenn's show, we showed uh, the maps next to each other. I don't think we have those handy. But you look at the map from a year ago and this one, and Syria has clearly grown. Uh, yeah. and, excuse me, uh, ISIS has, has clearly grown. And let me give you this. ISIL now has ISIS and ISIL, which are the same thing, by the way, as well as Daesh and IS. All those groups combined, which are the same thing, uh, now have uh, militant affiliate terrorist groups in Pakistan and Egypt as well, um, also Algeria. Yeah, this is so, one of those. This oh, wait, hold on. And Libya as well. That's it? That's it? That's all they've got? And the, well, the Philippines. Oh, okay. Uh, they do have yeah. them in the Philippines. This is one of those situations. Uh, also Israel and Gaza. Just, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you No, that's okay. Is it, did we get them all? Yeah, we got them all, okay. except for Lebanon, which is they also have them there right. in Lebanon. And, uh, and, of course, Indonesia. What about uh, Connecticut? They, Connecticut they, yeah. they don't have Connecticut, they don't yet, have but Connecticut. but they do have Jordan. So have uh, now we're talking about 11. ISIL has... ISIL has affiliates now in 11 countries <laughs> 11 yeah. not one like they used to 11 different countries this is one of those situations what do we have any more indiana indiana okay. no, 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 no. this is one of those situations where the president is trying to his god complex kind of kicks in like he's just trying to speak into existence something that does not exist Right. He just tries to say it and hope that it becomes true. Like, ah, we, we, we've stopped that. So look what happened in, in Kobani. You know what happened in Kobani? That town is completely destroyed. It's absolutely flattened, and there's just nothing left. And he's touting this as a success story. Mm. Well, congratulations. Great yeah. job. Yeah. You got a giant hole in the ground <laughs> that, uh, that is no longer under ISIS control. Uh, he also went on about the economy. Uh, Obama, as you know, uh, economic expert. Guy who's got an incredible background <laughs> look in finance. Around. I mean, look at this. I mean, look at this. Look at it. I mean, sure, it has this been the slowest recovery since World War II. Yes. Uh, is it by a really long, large margin? Of course. But I mean, here's the interview. You gave your State of the Union a couple of weeks ago. There was this moment where you said you had run your last campaign. Yeah. There were some snickers and some applause, and then you said, "I know because I won both of my right. campaigns." What does that moment reveal about you? Uh, that you're an well, I, You know, I like... Uh, petty loser. I, I enjoy the ribbon I got from the Republicans, but I, I don't mind giving a little bit of that back. Um, but the overall thrust of the State of the Union, though, was to Boy. recognize <laughs> we've made real progress. Hmm. Now really? we have an opportunity to build on that progress. The economy is in better shape. That is indisputable. There's not a single economic measure by which we're not better off than not we were to. when I came into office. Take that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I had been running uh, uh, the Reagan campaign and you asked, are you better off than you were four years ago? Well, you absolutely are better off. This country is better off than it was You actually didn't say that during the debates. Do you, do you remember the debate mm -hmm. with Mitt Romney when Romney went unleashed on him on the economy and he basically punted on that? Yeah. Because we're not better off than we were. Yeah, oh I mean... Oh, gosh. I, I mean, like... There's been, what, you know, a dozen or so presidents since World War II that have uh, deal, dealt with tough economic times. And every other president has tried something. The thing that you've tried, Mr. President, has been worse than all of the other things <laughs> of all of the other presidents. Every other idea 
made a recovery happen at a quicker pace than the idea that you tried. You're better than no one. Do you understand that? That yes, the economy has come back to some degree, as you point out when you talk labor participation force and, and measures like that. The numbers get really shaky. Um, is it better than when we were at the absolute worst point of the financial crisis? Yes. However, that doesn't make that doesn't make any difference. No, and, and it just natural, you know, inertia is going to bring you back to the mean. Right. There's a, the regression to the mean to some degree. It took you longer than anyone else to repair this sort of damage. And, and yes, you could say, well, it was a deep recession, and it was, so you can't compare it to every single recession. But then we've had major recessions as well, and those have been, uh, we've come across a much quicker recovery. I mean, his record on the economy is, quite honestly, embarrassing. It's, it's an embarrassingly awful record, especially when you compare it with the fact that he got everything he wanted. For two years, he got every single policy he wanted. Well, remember the first thing. I mean, what was the first thing? He comes into office on this horrible... Travis Shamakri of an economy and disaster from the administration before them. And what does he push in? Does he do anything with jobs? No, they pushed for health care first. Yeah. So, you know. Well, after they fin finished our crumbling roads and bridges. Oh, that's right. That's, they had to finish Right. I guess first. they figured they had it solved then, that that, yeah. that would, should have been enough to get well, it done. they did fix them all, but now they're just crumbling again. They're just crumbling There's again. nothing you can do. They're yeah. re-crumbling, uh, is how I would say. Um, and then uh, vaccines are the big thing. I guess maybe at some point, we'll, I don't know if we have vaccines on here today yet. Um, so maybe we'll do that here in a little while. Um, but the vaccine thing has been in the news because Chris Christie said something completely innocuous about it. I mean, he just is like, ah, you know what? Yeah, we, we do it with ours and everybody should do it. But, you know, parents should obviously be able to choose. <gasps> How dare oh you? Gosh. I mean, I, I don't like Chris Christie at all. And honestly, I, I don't want him to be president. I don't want him to do well. I think he's, he would be a terrible uh, Republican nominee. However, he didn't, at least the stuff I heard, I didn't see the entire interview, but the stuff I heard, he didn't seem to say much of anything. He just said, yes, vaccinate your kids, but, you know, parents should have some choice in some of their medical issues. Well, of it's course they should have right. some choice. Right, but a Republican said it, so therefore, yeah. and then that Republican might be potentially running for the Republican presidency, you know, uh, slot. So, yeah. so therefore, it's, it's a, a controversy. controversy. Yeah, and now, Rand Paul is another story on this, oh. and then we'll get into this a little bit. He, did, he went much further, um, and, uh, you know, I think some of his comments, honestly, were a bit pro problematic, Shh. but... Like, Oh, sorry. Rand just shushed me from across the room. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, although I did like his response to that. Um, here is Obama talking about the whole vaccine thing. Do you feel there should be a requirement that parents get their kids vaccinated? Are parents who aren't getting their kids vaccinated endangering others? You know, I, I, I just Two want people to know the facts and the science and the information. And the fact is that uh, a major success of uh, our civilization is our ability to prevent diseases that in the past have have uh, devastated folks and it's measles great. is preventable and and i understand that uh, there are families that in some cases are concerned about the effect of vaccinations the science is you know pretty indisputable we've looked at this again and again get are you vaccinated. telling parents you should get your kids vaccinated you should get your kids vaccinated it's good for them he didn't answer any of the questions. Nope. <laughs> like that was a that was a great Obama moment there. Yeah. He didn't answer any of the tough questions there. Um, you know, the question was, do you believe it has to be mandatory, which is a policy stance? And he said, well, the science is good on vaccines. <laughs> right, whoa, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for that. That is right. not what we're talking about. Here. And she asked two different questions there. Can we play the beginning of that one more time, real quick? Because this is a, it's an interesting point and it's important. 
Do you feel there should be a requirement Question that one. parents get their kids vaccinated? Are parents who aren't getting their kids vaccinated endangering are they putting the, others? Are they yeah, so, I, there you go. You I just stop want so, and again, he doesn't answer either. Though. Are parents putting other kids in danger? Uh, he doesn't answer. And should it be mandatory? He doesn't answer. Uh, which are the two questions he asks. And he just goes on to say, well, vaccines are awesome. I love them. <laughs> What's good, though, is right after that, though, let's, if we can roll it, uh, right after she asked the questions, yep. then he answered it again. Then she followed up. Yeah, and, and she it, said, wait, uh, Mr. President, that doesn't answer my questions. And then he, he answered them. He does answer? Or no, he doesn't answer. No. No, okay. <laughs> no, no, she didn't follow up at all. Yeah, no, she asked another question, another related question, but that's not what a follow-up is. The follow-up is supposed to be to get more information on the answer or to make sure they actually answer the question, yeah. which he didn't either of. So I don't know. I mean, there is some video going around, and we're not going to play it for you here because I think it's actually a little misleading, which is people are trying to say Obama was saying, I'm one of the skeptics on vaccines. Right. In reality, he's pointing uh, to the guy who asked the question. In the video, you can see that. So there's not really, I didn't think there was much there, honestly, on that clip. It was an older clip. Hillary Clinton apparently has, has asked for investigations on these things. And again, this has been l largely a left-wing issue. Robert F. Kennedy is not a Republican, okay? Yeah. RFK Jr. is one of the freaking craziest left-wingers you're right. ever going to meet. Yeah. He's the guy that screams at you about science on global warming and then is the biggest anti-vaccine guy that you're ever going to find. Jenny McCarthy is not a Republican. Jim Carrey is not a Republican. These things, I mean, this idea that this is some crazy right-wing, uh, you know, uh, uh, point is not is not true. It's it's been largely uh, identified with left-wing theology for a long time. Yeah, I think um, what I'm wondering is maybe Savannah, maybe she was because obviously they must have taped this right after the beer summit, uh, you know, because yeah. they had to shoehorn all these into one one uh, meeting. So I'm just wondering, maybe she was a little fuzzy after. She's just beer. a little hammered. Yeah, had a couple of beers. Hammered. She actually did chug it, like he said, and still cruising on a little buzz. Uh, yeah. I, I will say that a lot of those homebrews are pretty strong, right? Uh, so it's possible maybe she's just a little right. a little tipsy. Yeah, yeah. and you know that's a progression oh, that's of the interview. She starts in the kitchen, they end up in the living room. I'm just wondering where the next interview is going to be. So, oh, oh, Dan, you know where. <laughs> Uh, so, I guess we do this vaccine thing. It's a big story. Chris Christie is kind of the, the, the thing, I guess, that started this. First of all, the measles thing started it. I got a panicked text from my right. wife. Are you vaccinated for measles? <laughs> You're going to the Super Bowl. They're saying there's going to be an outbreak. It's like typical media sort of like firing everybody up over this. And it's like, you know, I, I, mean, I am vaccinated for you know, a long time ago and um, was not particularly worried about a, a measles outbreak. And But, you know, this family was unvaccinated, went to Disney World, and now we're talking about potentially hundreds of cases of this. And it's serious. It's not like some little thing. Measles is something that we were able to eradicate from, from the country, um, thankfully. Um, it's it's really bad, and um, you know vaccinations did a you know were a big part of that. Now some families have decided they don't want to do this anymore, kind of on the Jenny McCarthy sort of uh, bandwagon of being against this because she, you know the belief is that it uh, triggers autism. Um, you know now it's become a political issue. Um, so Chris Christie comes out and he says, I don't, we don't have his his audio here. Um, we do have the he said here he called for some measure of choice on whether. Shots guarding against measles and other diseases should be required for, for children. How the hell in this country is that controversial? I know. Now, look, I'm a guy. I've read a lot on this. I've actually read large portions of the Lancet study that initially set this off. I've read the report on the Lancet study. I've read a, I've read a couple of books on this particular topic. Like, I am as pro-vaccine as you can po pretty much possibly be. 
Like I completely, I totally, if you're asking me whether you should vaccinate your children, my belief is 100% yes, definitely do it. However, even as a guy who does not believe any of the anti-vaccine stuff at all, uh, this is a situation where how can you say that a parent shouldn't have, quote, some measure of choice, end quote, on whether they should get certain shots? Right. Like as if, it, as if it's some sort of ridiculous um, uh, thing to want to have some control, to not give government full control over what they're injecting into your body. Like, yes, on this particular case, we all agree, like, you should get this particular one. But should we just give the government, right. like, blonde cards to just do whatever the heck they want? I mean, do, right. we, do we not remember that this is the same government with the Tuskegee, you know, experiment? Yeah. Uh, it was syphilis and everything else, and they sure. were just experimenting on people? Like, is it not unreasonable to assume that government could go awry again for some particular thing because... Because of because they have access to and, this. Right. And the way he's wording it is some measure of choice <laughs> seems to be open to a lot of mandatory stuff, too. Yeah. It's just like at some point, there's some level where they should be able to make some choice. Like, I don't know, the color of the liquid. <laughs> if they want to make it match the outfit. Right. But, you know, I mean, he doesn't even seem to be taking a hardcore stance on this, um, which I thought was, you know, seemingly just a, a reason to target Chris Christie. I mean, you know, I, again, I, I think Chris Christie sucks. And when things like this happen and it hurts his chances, there's some benefit in my world right. to that. Uh, however, this is seemingly a bunch of bull crap. I, I don't think he did anything wrong with that statement. And, I, you know, he said a couple of other things, too, that weren't um, particularly over the line either. Now, Rand Paul was on talking to uh, CNBC Kelly Evans, um, who really kind of came at him with an agenda. And Rand has this weird way of being sort of like... Uh, laid back it's i guess it's passive aggressive is how you would say it but it's like there's that he's laid back while he's being sarcastic while right. he's taking her and, it, right. and that's actually a pretty effective approach i think uh but he has some missteps here as well let's watch some of rand on cnbc i just have to begin by asking did you really just say to laura ingram that you think most vaccines in this country should be quote voluntary well, I guess being for freedom would be really uh, unusual. I, don't, I guess I don't understand the point, why that would be controversial. Senator, maybe you're not aware, but there's a huge problem right now with Disney theme parks having to close down because of mumps, uh, not enough children being vaccinated against measles, mumps, and rubella because fair. their parents, uh, for whatever reason, have decided that it is voluntary. And I can tell you plenty of the people who I work with are really well, concerned about their kids uh, getting sick at school. Yeah. Here's the, the thing is, is that I think vaccines are one of the greatest medical uh, breakthroughs that we had. I'm a big fan and a great uh, fan of the history of the development of the smallpox vaccine, for example. But, uh, you know, for most of our history, they have been voluntary. So I don't think I'm arguing for anything out of the ordinary. We're arguing for what most of our history has had. I mean, uh, Rand Paul is 1000% right in that yeah. segment. Um, you know, he, I completely agree with him. I, I think you know, vaccines have honestly been a miracle. I mean, yeah. uh, this is how I think God works. You know, yeah. uh, this is, we've, you know, people, millions and millions and millions of people that would be dead are now alive because of vaccines. And I, I think a lot of people who are even anti-vaccine or be categorized that way would admit that. I mean, I, I don't think you can sit here and, and throw the baby out with the bathwater here. There's been a lot of great things that have happened right. uh, with vaccines. Yeah, there just comes that level of discomfort people have with just trusting the government. Like this host clearly has no problem. She's like, for whatever reason, some people have decided yeah. that it's their own choice. Well, yeah, it's as always of their kids. But for whatever reason, maybe because yeah. I don't want the government dictating what they can inject into my children's bodies. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, well, I, and, and to add on to that, like this, what we're talking about would be something new. 
Like, if we're going to make all of these things mandatory, that's a gigantic shift right. in U.S. policy. And she acts as, as if no one has ever opposed it. <laughs> it's, I, I think she just, you know, look, her backup evidence to it was... Uh, a lot of people I work with are worried. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't think she's, maybe this isn't her expertise. Right. And uh, what that probably means is two, like one person person mentioned it to her. Yeah. Then another one came up. Right, and that's, and that's, then she said, oh my gosh, that's more than one person in a day that said the yeah. same thing. I'm going on air with it right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, to be honest, I would love it if everyone got vaccinated. Right. However, I should not be forcing you to do right. with your kids what, you know, you got to be able to, I mean, look, there's some level of, 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 um, of uh, there's at some level there are things that we do require uh, and one of the things that government I do think can be involved in is to try to eradicate a communicable disease I, I actually do believe that and I, I think you do too because if you're watching the show you probably are one of the people who are saying hey if you went to Liberia when you come home you got to sit in your little apartment for a couple weeks right. until we make sure you don't have Ebola that is something that we kind of like there are levels of this in which you say okay look uh, you're gonna have to do something to protect the rest of us. I don't think that's, that's not, again, not a, an anti-conservative position. Um, you know, to go in and, and mandate that every single person has to go through this is another story. And while I think you should go through it, I think you should vaccinate your kids, I would love for that to happen. That is your choice at some degree. We all have risk in our life, and we can't go through and act as if the government can eradicate all risk. Right. Now, what, what would you say to some, like, maybe they say, well, we're not going to mandate it, but... If you don't get your kid vaccinated, then they can't go to the public school. They can't go yeah. until they're vaccinated. Would you agree with that sort of a stance? I mean, that's kind of a backdoor way to do it. Yeah, but. we kind of had, Jeffrey and I had the yeah. same conversation. And Glenn, uh, you know, I think took a, a sensible stance saying, like, look, you can decide not to do this, but society can, uh, can decide not to allow you uh, to go to these places. There's a question that comes up a little bit to me when you're saying that it's, it's, a, it's public school. You're paying for the school. Yeah. Now, I would say to me, there is a way to do that. I, you know, you know, let them out of the taxes is one way to do it. Make it easy. Uh, I, I think we should have more of these let them out of the taxes <laughs> type of arguments, um, you know, because that makes it nice and easy. If you're not paying for it, then you don't have rights for it. And, you know, there'll be a school that will pop up or people who homeschool will have ways to educate their children. And the market will solve those problems. Um, in fact, here's an idea. What if we just got rid of public school altogether to solve oh. this problem? To come together about vaccines, what we can do is just eliminate public school and have people all go to private school. Just throwing that out there. Throwing it out there. Jeffy, any comment on that? No, I'm good with it. Okay, good. good. Um, so here's Anytime a, there's a, I get to have more of my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, most of your money isn't taxed anyway because it all yeah, comes through those Anytime I shady. get to have more of my money, right. I'm all for it. See, right. you could turn me around too. I mean, like just you got some needles you want to put in my arm here? What? I'm getting my tax money back? All right, that's cool. I'll put the needle in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm care. all in on that. <laughs> um, but I think Rand went a little bit too far. Let's see if it's the uh, – eh, got, we got a few clips here. Let's see if this is the one where he goes a little bit, I think, over the line uh, with, the, with the vaccine stuff. Watch. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we played oh. the wrong video. Oh, no. This is this video is actually Richard Sherman watching himself lose a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> so this is a different video. We apologize for the grave error. Well, no, he, well, he actually um, still gets the little Cracker, cracker Jack box ring. The he loser does? loser ring. The loser ring? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> here's the actual one. This is from Rand Paul again on CNBC. I don't think there's anything extraordinary about resorting to freedom. I'll give you a good example. You know, the hepatitis B vaccine is now given to newborns. We sometimes give five and six vaccines all at one time. I chose to have mine delayed. I don't want the government telling me that I have to give my newborn hepatitis B vaccine, which, is, tra which, which is transmitted by sexually transmitted disease and or blood transfusions. Do I think it's ultimately a good idea? Yeah. And so I had mine staggered over several months. 
I've heard of many tragic cases of walking, talking, normal children who wound up with profound mental disorders after no. vaccines. Uh -oh. I'm not arguing vaccines are a bad idea. I think they're a good thing. But I think the parents should have some input. The state doesn't okay. own your children. Parents own the children. And it is an issue of freedom. So you think he's referring to the autism there with that? Yeah, I mean, sure I think, uh, like yeah, look, he's he's giving, I've, you know, the it, it's a similar argument to a bunch of my friends here at work are worried about it, right. to say, I've heard of a bunch of cases of this right. happening. Yeah, that's well, a Sally Muck and Fudge defense. Like, yeah, it's one not, person happened to. Look, these the studies have come out. They've looked at this. There was, an, there was a time. I mean, you could have made an argument that it was legitimate to be concerned about this. Um, there, you know, as we talked about, the Lancet study came out. It's a respected medical journal. The study showed, I think, a lot of problems initially, but it was still a respect, it got published in a respectable medical journal. It wasn't quackery. Uh, at least on its surface, you know, with its with a, with a sort of on paper defense of it, almost immediately people picked it apart, and it, you know, years later it was retracted. Uh, the guy who uh, who did the study blatantly lied about it. I mean, he changed dates. Uh, and this is this is not me saying this. These are the parents of the children who said, "Well, actually, no, they developed symptoms before the vaccine." And in the report, he switched it so the vaccine happened first, and then the symptoms happened. I mean, it's. Criminal, honestly, I, I think it's. I think he was legitimately criminal in that study. However, what Rand Paul's talking about there, and I don't think because I think he's giving a little bit too much credence to those those concerns. However, he has the right to do what he just talked about. Okay. He has the right to stagger his vaccines if that's what he thinks is right. I mean, look, we as we've said a million times, science doesn't always figure these things out at first. Sometimes we do screw it up. Sometimes, uh, you know, we, obviously I've argued many times against parts of the global warming uh, theory. And, you know, some, they may very well and have many times reversed themselves on it. So if you want as a parent to say, you know what, I don't necessarily buy that part of, part of this. I'm going to do this this particular way. If you don't have freedom to do that with your children, uh, you, know, you know, why do we even have, why do we have uh, a country that allows us these freedoms? Why do we have a country that allows us to, uh, to, to control our own destinies and the destinies of our families? Right, and the people who are constantly telling us that it's my body and my choice what to do with my body yeah. are then now turning around and saying... See, I, don't, I don't know if it is those people. I guess I, I, maybe it is, but it's like this is an argument that has been put forth by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., <laughs> Jenny McCarthy, and Jim Carrey most publicly. This is not a... The typical thing where, okay, you know, like, it's, you know, where Obama is, you know, on the, the bad side and, you know, we're on the good side. Like, this goes, there are people who believe the vaccine thing on both sides of the aisle, and there are people who oppose it on both sides of the aisle. I, I think that's why principles are important, though. Because, and Rand Paul goes back to it. He, might, he and I might not see eye to eye on, on the benefits of vaccines. I don't know. But the bottom line is, we can both unite on the fact that parents should be able to make the choices for their own children. And, you know, there isn't a risk to people who, uh, you know, you know, who even are vaccinated or cannot be vaccinated by their age or by other illnesses. Um, there is a risk, but there's always a risk. Yeah. You know, uh, the yeah. risk, there's a bigger risk in allowing the state to run your family for you. you can That's see, a real big risk. And you can see these sorts of calls happening now. But how long before they start calling for criminal uh, punishment for people who don't? Don't vaccinate their kids, you know, so, when oh, yeah. they, you know, because right now they're just saying, you know, just they're kind of just yelling at them to do it and make it mandatory. Yep. But 
you know, you can totally easily see that next step happening where they just start punishing. They, they, they just start calling for criminal punishment because you're making people sick by not vaccinating your kids. Uh, Jeffy, as our expert uh, on uh, various unknown illnesses, you're, you're <laughs> oddly quiet on this particular topic. Um, I mean, is it because when you've had a lot of shots and oh, I things are all flaring out? Oh, I get. Okay. <laughs> I take all really... the shots I can get. You never know what's going to work, what's not going to. Let's do one more sound clip before we leave here. This is uh, the last thing he said, Rand Paul, was the government doesn't own our kids. Our parents own our kids. MSNBC had a big problem with yeah. that shorthand. Watch. But I think the parents should have some input. The state doesn't okay. own your children. Parents own the children. And it is an issue of freedom. Freedom. I mean, is, is this a new talking point, Dana, with the right? Freedom. <laughs> I, I don't know what freedom is when they're saying you own your children. What are they, <laughs> really? uh, golden retrievers? <laughs> I didn't realize that uh, parents Joe? own children. But look, this is a, this is a fringe uh, uh, element that he's representing, right. uh, the libertarians. You expect that kind of thing from Rand Paul. You don't expect it from the governor of New Jersey well, he who went a little purports bit beyond, to represent the mainstream. He went a little bit beyond what we expect. And the, the parents owning their children <laughs> oh really gosh. is a staple of right-wing right -wing rhetoric. He also <laughs> got abusive with the CNBC reporter today uh, in a very a very touchy way. So this whole thing, I think, oh, is backfiring on him. Both he and Chris way? Christie seem not to have thought very deeply about the implications of what they're doing. And when they get political pushback, they seem unprepared for it. So that seems kind of That's lame to me. That's not what happened at all. And by the way, you can't be complaining about someone saying parents own their children when it's your position to kill them if they want. <laughs> it's your position that before they become children, right. you could just kill them. Right. That's okay. So you don't get to argue about ownership. Ownership, uh, you're saying you have the right to kill them uh, up till um, they, the, the minute they breathe their first breath. Right. Thank you, Joan Walsh and the champions of individual liberty. Good yeah, great. I love that. <laughs> All of a sudden they love it. All right. We're running super late. Triple eight seven twenty seven back. We have Chris Kyle. We need to talk about uh, some great stuff going on with that actually uh, here in Texas. Uh, and uh, we'll get into uh, a couple of other. Uh, what was the other one I wanted to get into? Oh, yeah. We got to do the um, we have to do the uh, atheist's thoughts on oh. God. This will this will be interesting. Coming up. So yesterday, I guess yesterday was Chris Kyle Day uh, here in Texas. Yes. Uh, Greg Abbott, uh, the governor of this fine state. Um, decided to portray uh, Chris Kyle as an American hero for some oh, reason. Oh, that's so weird. Even though all he does is apparently lie, at least according to Jesse Ventura, who said uh, he was a liar and said that the movie was uh, nothing but fiction. It's, uh, is, uh, it's as authentic as Dirty Harry. Now, Jesse Ventura is a proud member of the Douche <laughs> Hall of Fame and actually currently and forevermore potentially might be uh, the Grand Nozzle. That um, is fantastic. Is there is there a Jesse Ventura Day in Minnesota? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh wait, no, they don't. No. They don't have a Jesse Ventura Day no. up there. No, that's so weird. Not this guy, I'm so glad. I did not know that he had the Grand Nozzle Douche uh, title, <laughs> and I'm very happy to hear that because I have been sort of obsessing about this mm -hmm. lately because I happened to catch before we went on uh, Christmas break mm -hmm. that uh, Jesse Ventura is suing Harper Collins, the uh, book publisher. Another lawsuit. For, yeah, another lawsuit mm -hmm. now. When he won the $1.8 million the first time around, which I have no idea how that happened. I've looked a little bit into it. I still don't understand it. Other than, than the case uh, was tried in Minnesota. So th there's no way that he's winning that thing in Texas. No. 
But he said at the time that it wasn't about the money for him. He just wanted to clear his name. Yet as the movie's about to come out, he sues HarperCollins again. Hmm. Oh. Douchebag. <laughs> you, sir, are a douchebag. Yeah, he is. I mean, he is seriously one of the worst people I've ever, I've ever had to, you know, the displeasure of actually watching on television. I mean, he's a terrible guy. And look, you know, there is an argument to be made. And there is, people have made this argument that, you know, that this didn't happen. Okay. And, you know, obviously a jury kind of came along to, or around to that point of view. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, I've watched the interviews. We've talked to his co-author. I don't believe Jesse Ventura personally. It's my opinion. I'm allowed to have it. I think that he's. I think. I think Chris Kyle. Maybe he. You know, it's possible he changed. You know, some of the details. Remember, he changed the name. He didn't even call him Jesse Ventura. Uh, he he changed the name. I mean, he. It's possible he altered it a little bit for reasons. Uh, you know, that he would avoid this sort of nonsense. But he blurted it out at a radio show. Right. Uh, and uh, and so and now now he's getting sued for all well, this money. He was asked about it on the radio show. He went on there and they asked him point blank. Now he could have not answered it. Yes. But he did, and yeah. that, that happened right like a couple weeks before the book actually launched and was officially launched. And so what the defense argued uh, in the Jesse Ventura case was that these were, you know, this publicity got all the book sales going. Now, Which is, yeah, this, this, now they, the way they presented that to the case, to the jury, was, hey, well, look, he went on the air. Then it was the number one New York Times bestseller after that. Well, we have, you know, worked on uh, books here in this company and, uh, you know, tried to get them onto the New York Times list. And it is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, you and don't have one little minor story this, about it was a fight. Two pages in, in Chris Kyle's book was devoted to this fight, which didn't even have his name in it. And even after he reveals the name, that book stayed on the New York Times bestseller list for almost the entire year. Now, you do not do that unless the book is good. Unless people, people were not reading that book and going, hey, you know what? There was two pages in there that talked about this guy that we... Uh, that, scruff face. Scruff face, who's actually Jesse Ventura. You should go get this book. Right. No. And the movie, of course, is a humongous blockbuster, and Jesse Ventura's not in it. Yeah. So clearly, the, so that was the main premise as to why he won this $1.8 million was because it was undue royalties. And that's a bunch of crap. I mean, it's just yeah. a terrible argument. Yeah, and, and it's true. Jesse Ventura was not in American Sniper. However, he was in Major League Two, hmm. the sequel. And he was in... Uh, he was in Major was, League Two? It was terrible. The I, one that was I'd forgotten about that. He was, was a predator. Hard. I, was watching, I happened to be watching it this weekend. Uh, it was just on TV, and I was as I was, and uh, sitting in the, uh, the the you know the hotel room, and and then he comes on, and I'm like, I can't, oh, I can't watch anything with this guy in it now. I can't stand him. And, and and you know, what has his reputation been destroyed? Now, first of all, I didn't have a reputation going in. He's a complete joke. Right. He's a guy that's doing. I mean, he's been doing you know 9/11 conspiracy right. theories for the last several years. He's already a joke. Yeah. But did it get hurt by this? My, my answer to that would, would be yes. Yeah. However, not, nothing to do with the fight. No one thought any less of him because of the fight. People thought less of him as his response to the fight. The fact that you'd sue a widow of an American hero right. is one of the most gutless, cowardly acts that I've ever seen uh, in my entire life. Right, and, and I've actually saw a few conservatives wrote about that, and they said, well, everyone's complaining about that, that he's suing the widow. Well, no, he sued Chris Kyle. And then once he died, the, the lawsuit moved over. Right. Yeah, now, that's now true. my response, that's true, but, but you're still a douchebag. Yeah. When that happens, the right thing to do, any sane human being would say, all right, look, it's fine. You want to sue Chris Kyle? Fine. You're suing the person that supposedly did it. When that happens, you know, let it go, man. He actually said, he actually said that the trial was one of the most, was very traumatic for him.
Oh, it was very it? traumatic for him. Aww. Now, how does he think it feels for the widow he's dragging into court? Yeah. It's unconscionable. It's just yeah. unbelievable. This man is a complete grand douche. Yeah, this is how you have to be grand I'm, just, I'm very happy. It really made my day that, it's, that he's there. Look, and it's like the, the, a lot of people have argued, okay, look, he, he may, what if he did lie? And let's say you're Jesse Ventura, and this guy lied about you. Uh, so you decide you're going to sue him to clear your name. Now, did it really do anything, the actual lie, if it was a lie in the book? I don't think it actually did much of anything, but he said some bad things about the troops. Would it affect his life? Well, yeah, maybe he wouldn't be able to go to some troop gatherings or whatever, although he says constantly that the troops yeah, are doing nothing but murdering people anyway. Plausible. So completely I I, plausibly said that, but anyway. Yeah, but, like, you know, whatever. Let's say it did affect his life in some uh, random sort of way. Um, and you want to sue. Okay, the guy dies. He gets murdered. Um, uh, so at that point you give up the lawsuit, right? Okay. And you think, well, wait a minute though. I'm, I'm still, that's still out there. And you know, I just want the truth to come out. All right. So you let it go. Look at this point, it's unconscionable to me, but you let it go. You get the ruling in your favor at that point, at that point, do you not let it go? You got $1.8 million from these people. Uh, and you, you know, look at that point, don't you say my name has been cleared. Some people will believe me, some people won't. But, like, I have the ruling in my favor. I also got a bunch of money to pay off my lawyers, plus live a nice life in Mexico for the rest of it. Why not? Why not stop now? No, he's still coming back for more. This has nothing to do at this point, in my opinion, of, uh, of him trying to clear his name. It has a lot to do with him wanting more money. Yeah. And it's sad. I mean, Jesse Ventura was never a good guy. And, you know, he's, you know, he's a dirtbag. He's, I mean, he's in the douche hall of fame. You know what I mean? Like he's in the same. Le he's actually a, a level above Anthony Weiner in his douchiness. We actually named him Grand Nozzle of the Douche Hall. <laughs> this is how bad of a guy. So yeah. I'm not surprising anybody with this, but it's 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 just pathetic. It's There's sad a special place in the bowels of hell reserved for uh, Mr. Jeffy. Jesse. Oh, Venter. did you say Wait, Jeffy? I, I thought. Well, that, I'm sorry. I thought you were going a different direction. Yeah, uh, my my apologies. That's next thing. No, he was, he was talking about. Talking about Jesse. Right, Jesse, not Jeffy. I, they sound the same. That's that was my problem, and they also are going to the same level of hell. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Back with more in just a second. Looks like he didn't realize that that was going to happen. Yeah, look at that right there. And then, oh, oh, right there, the pain sort of sets in as he watches that, himself. This just it's keeps playing over and over again. What's going on? Is there a problem yeah. with our equipment? Is, is, that, is that what's going on? It may be. It may be. We'll get that fixed. Never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we are, uh, it says Pat and Stu, by the way, and uh, Jeffy's here. Dan is in for Pat. Pat is up in New York with Glenn. And uh, so we have a kind of a split show this week. If you notice, Jeffy and I uh, weren't uh, live on the radio show today, at least video-wise. Um, and that's good because then people don't have to see us. Um, so <laughs> we, were, we, were, yeah. we were both just sitting in our boxers. Yeah. You know. And I'm here as part of Pat Gray Appreciation Week. So when Pat comes back, I mean, you yeah, know, while he's really, gone, they'll feel it, you'll fully You're like the table Pat. setter yeah, for exactly. Pat Gray Appreciation yeah. Week, yeah. which happens next week. Yeah. Uh, on this program. Um, so quick, uh, this is, is kind of amazing. Um, Yahoo Finance has uh, some unbelievable tax deductions, uh, including a guy who, who was like a Breaking Bad wannabe. Uh, he purchased a building that had been used by a religious sect and tried to turn it into a drug lab. Unfortunately for him, he, well, I don't know, 
burned the house down. Um, and uh, he decided he, he tried to claim a $9,000 casualty loss from the fire. And even though he was in involved in an illegal activity and acted negligently, the tax court allowed him to claim the write-off. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, how about uh, a cat food? A couple who owned a junkyard. They were allowed to write off the cost of cat food that they set out to attract wild cats. Um, of course, they also took snakes and took care of snakes and rats on on, uh, on the property. Wait a minute, so you get some cats around? You're, they're going to take care of snakes? In, in a snake-cat battle, the cat wins? Yeah, I don't... Is that true? Monty Python cat that's got, like, some serious, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Some serious skills. Yeah, I that mean, seems like uh, a little... I don't, a rabbit, but... I don't necessarily, yeah, right, but... but. You know what I'm saying. But yeah, same the, family. No, the cat's losing that. Um, this is uh, one that uh, probably Jeffy's tried. Uh, <laughs> body oil. Jeffy, you ever tried clean body, body oil? oil yeah. No, I don't mean have you tried it. Have of you ever tried I've to clean tried it? Body on your oils. No, I, I would too. Oh, a pro it. bodybuilder used body oil to make his muscles glisten in the lights during his competition. Right? Have you ever been in a bodybuilding competition? Oh, my gosh. In the old days. These are images I did not need. I can't do it anymore. Natasha, can you oil Jeffy up real quick? No. Just oil him up. We're going to oil him up. I'll show you that footage in just a minute. Just get the Snickers. Okay, how about breast augmentation? And Jeffy, you ever get breast augmentation? In a few years. Chesty Love. You know Chesty? I do know Chesty. You do know Chesty. She owes me money. She got some implants to make... Make her have a 56 double F boobs, um, which is apparently large. Do we know this, Jeffy? Oh, yeah, is this, very large. Okay, I thought yeah. so. Double F? Yeah, um, the IRS challenged the deduction, saying the operation was a cosmetic surgery. No, this is part of her job. Uh, and that's actually what she yeah. uh, argued and won. And I said, yeah, my 56 double Fs, that's part of my job. Um, and, um, well, there's a guy who wrecked his car when he was drunk, and they let him right off the car. Yeah. Wait, uh, what? As well. Yeah, I'll give you that detail coming up. I think this is all a good argument for the flat tax. I mean, these deductions are just like... Well, don't, call the flat tax. Do don't call about the flat tax. Do not call about the flat tax. Dan, no, Dan no, no. Is wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs>